Hi guys, welcome back to the Supply Media Podcast. I'm reviewing Bad Boys for Life today. This being the follow-up to 1995's Bad Boys and then 2003's Bad Boys 2. Now both those movies were directed by the infamous Michael Bay. However, he's not helming this one. It was actually directed by uh, two different guys. One named Bilal Falah and Adil Ed Arbi. Now I think I obviously pronounced those wrong, so I apologise. It's not intentional. Now I'm pretty late to watching this movie because I didn't want to watch it because basically it was a January movie. And usually January is where studios just dump their absolute crap films. So honestly, I just thought this movie was going to be a train wreck. It was actually a lot better than I was expecting because, quite frankly, I think we're seeing a change in the movie landscape where stuff's just going to start coming out all year, regardless of what used to be done in the film industry. Because every time that something's sort of tried to go somewhere new, it's actually worked out quite, quite well. So for example, Deadpool opening in February... Originally, that was absolute just murder. You wouldn't release a movie uh, during February. However, as we know, Deadpool did ridiculously well. Then Black Panther was also in February. That did ridiculously well. Now they're going to try and get involved in January because the more months that you can put out movies that people actually want to go see, more money you can make over the course of the year without having to compete so close together just in the summer season. Because any sort of big releases, action movies, stuff like that was just released in the summer all the time and no one ever thought about putting it anywhere else. But even like The Avengers comes out at the end of April, beginning of May now, which is right on the, obviously, the brink of that summer season. However, it is becoming earlier and earlier in the year. It's not just July. Here you go. So I think over the next, you know, five, ten years, the only thing that's going to be sort of consistent with what it used to be is pretentious films being put out close to Oscar season so they can get some noms. So I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I think the directors did a fantastic job. I'm not a complete, you know, anti-Michael Bay guy. I think those last few Transformers movies he did were dreadful, but I quite like the first Transformers, and I do like both uh, Bad Boys 1 and Bad Boys 2. And because it's not Michael Bay, I was sort of worried that it wasn't going to sort of feel like a Bad Boys movie, but this really does feel like a Bad Boys movie. Martin Lawrence is being Martin Lawrence. Will Smith is being not Will Smith. So one of the reasons I loved, you know, the Bad Boys movies was because Will Smith, Will Smith, Will Smith wasn't being sort of Will Smith in everything because... Especially when those first couple of Bad Boys movies coming out, he was doing all that sort of politically correct rap and refusing to swear and all that type of stuff. But in this, you know, he was a ladies' man and he was swearing a lot. And it sort of really helped change his image that he had sort of from that Prince of Bel-Air and his sort of corny rapping career. Now, the thing about Martin Lawrence in this movie is that he is fat. Like, and he's not just fat, but he's what he used to be. He literally sounds out of breath throughout this whole movie whenever he's doing stuff. I don't know if that was intentional, but it doesn't come across as intentional. It's like Martin Lawrence is just genuinely out of breath when he's trying to shoot half of these scenes. And, you know, if you've watched any old Martin Lawrence movies, he used to have more energy than anybody, except for maybe Chris Tucker. Now, one of the biggest defining moments of action comedy movies is whether the action works or whether the comedy works. Now, the comedy on the most part of this movie does work, and it is one of the genuinely sort of funnier movies out there. It's better than half the comedies that have come out lately. And then the other side of that, you've got the action. The villains in this are very good. I think better than the last two villains from the last two movies who were just, just throwaway villains. And I think the way they tie the villains in to the sort of relationship of Mike and Marcus is really quite effective. So, you know, it, it makes sense that it's targeted towards them. The male villain, uh, portrayed by Jacob Scipio, has an extremely good action scene right at the beginning, sort of in the shipping yard, and then all of his action scenes from there on, in my opinion, aren't as good, but, you know, not for any specific reason. It's just that first one is elite, and the action scenes are held very well. So I don't know if he did the action scenes himself, on the most part at least, or whether it was always a stuntman with a CGI face, but either way, they were very, very good, and his action scenes were easily the best out of the entire film. The violence in this film is also a level above in terms of how confronting they are. So we always had the gun violence and stuff before in the explosions with Michael Bay. However, this movie really is quite sort of in-your-face, people shooting entire clips into people with blood coming out of their backs. Like, there's this one scene in this paint shot where Vanessa Hudgens has a semi-automatic and she's literally shooting it into someone's chest. Like, the whole clip, you just she just empties it into him and you can see the blood flying out of the back of it. So this is more sort of blood level of, like, John Wick, where every shot, sort of, you get that blood spray out of the back, which never really sort of used to happen before. 
So the action was much better than I was expecting it to be. So really well done. Everything's sort of in wide shots. There's no sort of big sort of one shots or anything like that, but everything's sort of wide. It's not choppy and changey like Michael Bay's. So it's really good to watch. The new team as well is actually pretty good. I thought it was going to be terrible based off the trailer with them singing the bad boys thing. I thought they were going to be the most annoying characters. And other than that scene, they're very good. So that scene still is corny in the movie. However, everything else they do in the movie is pretty great. Vanessa Hudgens is great as the character Kelly. Alexander Ludwig is great at Dawn. The captain returning, he's great as always. Um, and Paula Nunez is great as Rita. I think maybe a better actress could have been put in this role. Not that she's terrible or anything, but a sort of a more high-profile actress could have been put in this role because she really has quite a big part in this movie. So I think it just needed someone with a little bit more screen presence. Um, the only sort of downside for me was Charles Melton as Rafe. I think he was bad, not because the actor portrayed him bad. I think the actor actually did a really good job with what he was given. Um, but what he was given was he was supposed to be like sort of going against Mike. Like he's actually this young guy and Mike's just sort of the old cool guy. How this guy's not young and cool or something, whatever the writers were going for, he's just a prick. If he acts like this normally, people would not like him and there is no way this guy would be popular. He's like the most in-your-face, obnoxious dude. And then as you can imagine, they sort of get closer as the movie goes on and I just could not get into that at all. It was a stupid arc, especially because none of the sort of relationship that they had at any point was funny. It's just like, this guy's a dickhead. So with that, moving into the bad parts of this movie, which, like I said, really weren't that many. So... Not all, but some of the CGI was bad in this movie. So there was, especially in the car chase where, you know, they're on like bikes and stuff, you could see like this blur around him in one of the frames, sort of this side profile angle. So, so some of the green screen was pretty ordinary. Another thing was the cameos. There's two sort of key cameos in this movie, one by DJ Khaled, uh, and he's just exhausting at this point. Michael Bay, who I understand why he's in there, obviously, because he did the first two movies in a sort of his franchise. So they sort of gave him a cameo role because he wasn't directing it, but... It just sort of took me out of the movie. His cameo wasn't obnoxious or annoying like DJ Khaled, but it just took me way out of the movie. And, you know, I want to feel like I'm watching something and be immersed in it. I don't want to be pulled out of it just because Michael Bay wants to show his face. When, you know, you sort of insert yourself in these movies, it should sort of be like Alfred Hitchcock, where you can sort of pick up on it if you're looking for it, but it's not sort of smack in your face. For example, I think in Rear Window, you see Alfred Hitchcock sort of playing a piano in one of the rooms, but you sort of can't really tell it's him unless you know exactly what he looks like and go, oh, oh is that Alfred Hitchcock? Yeah, it might be. Whereas this is just like a close-up, oh god, it's Michael Bay, in the middle of frame, talking. And basically the only other general downside of this movie is that it knows what it is, so it, which is, you know, a pro and con. So it's not trying to be anything sort of spectacular. So what that does is it makes a highly enjoyable movie. However, when you're actually asked, you know, is this a really good movie? You get, well, no, it's not a really good movie. But, you know, it's an enjoyable watch while it's on, and I had a lot of fun with this. Overall, I'd give this maybe a 72 out of 100. So like the review if you liked it, dislike it if you didn't like it, comment below your thoughts on this movie, make sure you hit subscribe. Thanks for watching, guys. Bye.